What's up, I'm B, and welcome to my channel. Today we are going to talk about Brittany Dawn's most recent court appearance. Now, Brittany Dawn, as well as Brittany Dawn Fitness LLC, are being sued by the state of Texas for allegedly engaging in deceptive business practices. I've done a video about that before, as well as several other videos regarding Brittany Dawn. They will be linked in a playlist down below. And because I've done those videos, I'm not going to go into a ton of depth about what she's done in the past and how she ran her Britney Dawn fitness business. But a little bit of a refresher in case you're not somebody who really keeps up with Britney Dawn. She had a business, Britney Dawn Fitness, that promised to provide personalized fitness plans and eating plans, um, as well as consultations and coachings, things like that. The prices were between like $90 and up to $300. And again, these are supposed to be personalized plans. However, a lot of people said that they got the exact same plan as somebody else who had completely different goals than them. Um, people were saying they weren't getting their check-in calls. They would text the hotline or text Brittany and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. And there would be auto responses like, good job, girl. You're killing it. So she's promising personalized fitness plans and not delivering according to customer complaints. In 2019, this kind of came to a head. It was in the mainstream news. Good Morning America was talking about it. People were really upset, as they should have been, and Brittany Dawn did not handle it in the best way. I'll just say that. She was really evasive in the language that she used when she was addressing the issues. She wanted customers to sign NDAs in order to get full refunds. Some customers were only offered partial refunds, and she just didn't make things right with the people who were not happy with the service they received. Brittany Dawn did eventually issue a now-deleted apology video where you can hear her dryer spinning in the background and she's reading it off of her phone. The whole apology was very evasive and, in my opinion, sounded pretty fake. It didn't, re didn't really do a lot for anybody, I don't think. And in that video, she just basically says that the business grew too big too quickly. She was trying to run with it and, you know, you guys really have to understand the pressure that she was under because she was customer service, content creator, financial advisor. She was doing everything. So, you know, y'all need, really need to have some empathy for her because it was just hard for her to keep up with some things. And so maybe some people weren't super happy with the plans that they purchased. And that's what the issue is. But she's going to make everybody whole. Don't you worry about it. However, you know, if we listen to the feedback from her previous customers, it seems like she did not make them whole. And if she did, she made it extremely difficult for them to get to that point where they were fully refunded. I don't know why she says, I want to make everybody whole, like give people their money back. We're going to get to this. I have like a little bit of a rant in my head that was playing as I was watching the court appearance, but I won't get too much into it. Long story short, Brittany Dawn sold what were advertised as personalized fitness plans. Customers say they paid for these and did not get personalized fitness plans. They got basic plans that were the same as multiple other people's and they did not get the service that they paid for. Brittany Dawn initiates the process of partial refunds or asking customers to sign NDAs in order to get their refunds. Doesn't really make things right in the eyes of the public or to her customers. Brittany Dawn takes a little bit of a hiatus from social media and comes back as what I would describe as a fundy adjacent influencer where 
all of her content now is about being a Christian and um, trying to lead other women who are Christian. She has a nonprofit called She Lives Freed, and they host exorbitantly expensive retreats um, <laughs> where people who are not qualified to speak on certain topics speak on said topics. And those things are a whole other can of worms, a whole other issue. Again, I've talked about them before, but that's kind of the long story short TLDR of the situation. So on September 9th of this year, Brittany had to appear in court. And it, She's being sued, obviously, like I said, for the deceptive business practices that allegedly took place while she was running Brittany Dawn Fitness, and that trial is set to take place in March of next year, so March 2023. What is the point of this court appearance? Turns out that the state of Texas has requested specific documents from the defendants, who again are Brittany Dawn and Brittany Dawn Fitness LLC, and the defendants are not providing what is being asked for. So James Holian, who represents the state of Texas in this case, is asking for the judge to set a hard date that these documents must be produced by. And we're going to get a little bit more information and all of that as we go through it because I'm going to give you a rundown of what happened and the order in which these things happened within the court appearance. I just wanted to let you know that's what this is about. The state of Texas needs particular documents. Brittany Dawn and her counsel have not provided them to the state of Texas, according to James Holian. There is a video of this appearance happening on YouTube. I'll go ahead and link it down below in case you want to watch the whole thing. Basically, the first seven minutes of this video is just silence as they're waiting for everybody who needs to join the Zoom call to actually join. But eventually, everybody's there and they start with introductions. There's obviously James Holian, who is there representing the state of Texas, Calvin McLean, who's representing the defendants, Brittany Dawn and Brittany Dawn Fitness LLC. Um, in a separate location, Brittany Dawn and Jordan have joined as well. It's very interesting to see Brittany right there and then Jordan's like off to the side. And you can tell he's there, but he's sitting very far away from Brittany. It's like he's kind of leaning to be out of the frame. I don't know if that's on purpose or just that's where he chose to sit and he didn't think about it. I have no idea. Then we have the judge, the Honorable Judge Monica McCoy Purdy. There are a few other people who joined the Zoom meeting to observe, like an intern, um, several other people from the state of Texas's team, but those are kind of your four five if you include Jordan, main players of this appearance. And I do want to state before we get into this that I am shockingly not a lawyer. I have not gone to law school. I am not super well versed in uh, legal jargon or the state of Texas's laws or, you know, ordinances, anything like that. I am not an expert. I am just somebody who watched this video and I'm trying to summarize what was said. So I've done my best to make sure that I wrote down the specific terms that were used within the appearance. But again, like I am not an expert. Don't take my word for anything. This is just the best summary that I could come up with of what happened. And if you want to actually go listen for yourself, the video will be linked down below for you to go watch it. So with that out of the way, let's get into what was stated in this court appearance. Basically, the reason that they are there is because the state has filed a motion to compel. And James Holian, who is representing the state of Texas, states, quote, motion to compel defendants' responses to the first set of interrogatories and requests for production of documents, end quote. He wants the judge to compel responses from Brittany Dawn within the next 10 days because he says that this has already been 158 days in the making and they have a jury trial set for five months from now. 
And when I say Brittany Dawn, I'm using that as kind of an all-encompassing term to refer to Brittany Dawn, the individual, Brittany Dawn Fitness LLC, as well as her legal team and her lawyer, Calvin McLean. I'm just using that to simplify things because I feel like listing all of those people every time I refer to the defendants would be a little bit much, right? We gotta, we gotta simplify things where we can. So basically, James says, we need these documents and Brittany Dawn hasn't provided them yet. James then goes on to state that the defendants have made over $1 million from the sale of online fitness packages with the promise of personalized fitness plans and coaching. He reminds the judge of the price that these plans ranged from $92 to $300 plus for packages and plans that were not personalized between the years of 2013 to 2014. That's what he's saying. He's like, we we need documents because we can't really determine when this started. Uh, so 2013 to 2014 through 2019, he also references the apology that Brittany Don made on YouTube. And it, he said that on April 7th of 2022, the state served its first request for discovery. The defendant's attorney asked the plaintiff, so this, you know, Calvin McLean, who is representing Brittany, asked the state for an extension and the state granted four extensions after that first request. So they needed more time to get those documents together. They said, can we have a little bit more time? State says, yes. Oh, we need a little bit more time. State says, yes. So on and so forth. James then states that the defendant had until Friday, June 24th to respond with the requested documents and they did not. But on June 27th, they served incomplete and inadequate responses. So the state did an extension until July 25th. July 25th rolls around and the state still has not gotten the complete documents that they have requested. So the next day on July 26th, James reached out and said that since they did not receive them, he would be filing a motion to compel the responses and received a response from the defendants within eight minutes saying that they would be coming soon. And then on July 27th, they served evasive and incomplete responses. This, these documents that they provided did not include the facts that the state of Texas was requesting. James then goes on to state that on September 8th, the defendants provided nearly 10,000 pages of additional documents. And like I said at the beginning, this court hearing is taking place on September 8th. So on the day that they are due to appear in court because they've not provided the documents that the state has requested, they're like, oh, here, here's it all. Here's everything that you need. And they send them 10,000 pages of additional documents. And it's honestly kind of funny. I'm going to show you a clip of what James says. But he states that in his opinion, it appears the defendants are trying to blame the state for the fact that these documents were not able to be produced on time. Now, at 1115 at night, Your Honor, they also e-filed a... Um, this uh, re defendant's response to the motion to compel. And your honor, we, you know, plaintiff takes some issue with the way that, that, the, that things are characterized as far as the timeline and extensions. Um, you know, the factual summary in there is, is inaccurate and incomplete. Um, defendants seem to imply that they had made efforts to you know, seek an extent, a fifth extension and that uh, somehow that that fourth deadline was maybe the plaintiff's fault that that the responses were were deemed late. Uh, but I don't see any argument at that stage as 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 warranted, Your Honor. We 
you know, they've already removed their objections from the first amended responses in Exhibit G. Uh, they waived their objections. Um, it, you know, the, the simple fact of the matter is plaintiff didn't agree to yet another and more continuances. You know, plaintiff had been waiting long enough to get these documents. Um, you know, and then in Exhibit G, it's interesting in that some of the arguments that they make in this response to the motion to compel, Your Honor, is, you know, basically saying that in order for them to fully respond to inter interrogatory number 5D and number 7, that they would have to review more than 50,000 pages of documents and look for information about individual consumers. And it's interesting because this is the first time they're saying that, you know, in that Exhibit G, they said they would supplement after they review their documents and they would provide a customer list with you know, names and dates. And now here they are at the 11th hour before a hearing on a motion to compel, basically making it sound like, well, the plaintiff can do this work for themselves. We'll just provide them all the documentation and they can, they can come up with, with their own list. Well, that's not what they said in response to Exhibit G. And I would argue that Texas Rules of Civil Procedure 193.2 and 0.3 make it very, very clear that a party is required to produce all information requested unless the party serves a timely objection or assertion of privilege, neither of which happened in this case. He says that they also implied that it wasn't their responsibility to provide certain information, but they would provide the documents that that information could be found in, and then the state should go ahead and sift through them in order to get what they were asking for. And James doesn't think that that's um, something that should be expected of them because they want the facts from Brittany Dawn and her team. And basically what they're asking for, you find this out later in the video, some of the specifics that they're requesting, um, they want to know how many of each type of plan were sold and who bought each kind of plan. So like if you bought a one-time consultation, they want a list of everybody who made that purchase. If you bought a, a several month long coaching package with several check-ins promised, they want to know everybody who bought that. So Brittany Dawn's team is basically like, oh, here's 10,000 pages of docs. If you want to find that information, it should be in there. And James is saying, uh, no, we shouldn't be responsible for that. We're asking you for that. And he goes on to say that uh, the Texas Supreme Court says that the purpose of discovery is to seek the truth so that disputes can be decided on what facts are revealed, not what facts are concealed. He goes on to expand on why this is such an issue in his opinion, and he basically says that we've got two conflicting stories here. You have Brittany Dawn denying all of these allegations, saying, well, everybody got what they paid for, and I can promise you that. But then you've got hundreds of consumers saying, no, we didn't. And so with Brittany Dawn sitting here saying everybody got what they paid for, he wants to see evidence of that. He wants to have documents in his hand that show that people received the service that they paid Brittany Dawn for. And by submitting these incomplete documents, Brittany Dawn is making it very difficult for the state to be able to get the facts in this case, whether it's that they got what they paid for or they didn't. Without these complete documents, they have no way to say factually what happened. 
He also says that he doesn't want to prepare a case based on incomplete documents. He wants everything completed. He doesn't want to think that, oh, we've got all these full documents. We can build our case. Here we go. And then, you know, they go into court and provide evidence at the 11th hour that wasn't previously submitted. That wasn't something that was made available to the state. And he's already kind of nervous about it because they've been evasive and they've come in at the 11th hour. They provided things last minute. I don't want this to happen. I want to be able to prepare for a trial in a responsible and complete way. He doesn't want like a BS excuse of, oh, well, we would actually, we have an email to prove this thing. I just couldn't find it at the time. He then goes on to make a comment about how the defendant seemed to have trouble following the rules so far, which I just thought was funny. So after he says all of this, Calvin McLean, who is Brittany's attorney, um, has a turn to kind of rebut what James Holian just said. And he states that they have been open and transparent and communicative with the attorney general for the entirety of this process. He says that they've produced 52,747 pages of documents and that they don't have anything else in their possession at this time that the attorney general has at all. Calvin states that the only thing they cannot provide is the amount of consumers that purchased each specific type of plan because there's no master list of it. So the defendants would have to do uh, that manually. They would have to go through and find everything manually, and they think that the plaintiff would be better suited to do that. The judge interjects for the first time throughout these arguments, and she wants to know why they would manually have to go through to, to determine those things if it's an online business. She's like, these transactions are captured online, so I'm really confused as to why you would manually have to sort through things and figure out who purchased what kind of plan. Calvin responds that the reason is because all of these transactions were conducted through PayPal and Brittany Dawn no longer has access to that PayPal. Now, as a content creator, I don't know if it's the best choice for me to make a speculation as to why Brittany Dawn may no longer have access to that PayPal account, but just know that I think it's interesting and there's a lot of uh, thoughts kind of spinning around in this old noggin. So, it's, it's just an interesting thing. Brittany no longer has access to that account. Hmm. Fascinating. Anyway, Calvin goes on to say that another reason they're having issues with getting all of the documents to the state on time is that a lot of the documents that they're requesting, um, they're supposed to be saved as PDFs, but they're saving as JPEGs and PNGs, and so they're having trouble getting the PDF documents to the state. I'm no tech expert, but on like a weekly basis, I convert JPEGs to PDF docs. And if I can do it, I feel like your attorney should be able to do it or should be able to find somebody who can convert those documents for you. I don't know, maybe there's extenuating circumstances, but that sounds like such a ridiculous excuse to me. What do you think? <laughs> That's the end of Calvin's argument. James then gets to respond and he says that he can't state whether or not the defendants have produced a complete response at this time because, you know, Calvin said, like, we've given them everything. The state has everything that they've requested. We are not holding anything back. Um, but James obviously says, well, I can't state if you've given me a complete response because 20% of those 50,000 pages of documents were produced the night before. He mentioned that Calvin referred to uh, finding the information that was requested as a tedious task. And he says, we had talked about them potentially hiring a third party company to do a data pull for them because yeah, it's, it's a lot of pages. It can be hard to find that info if you don't have it readily available, but it doesn't look like 
hiring a third party to pull that data is um, a direction that the defendants have decided to go in. And obviously, yeah, if they've just provided 10,000 pages of documents right before this court appearance, how are you going to look through that and be like, oh, yes, we have everything we need? No, it's going to take some time. So, I mean, I get it. Like, the, Calvin's going to say, well, we we gave you everything. You have it now. Here you go. We've given you whatever you need. But obviously, it would be irresponsible for James in the state of Texas to say, oh, you you gave us 10,000 more docs? Perfect. I'm sure everything that we need is in there. I mean, if if they've been difficult to work with already and they've already requested multiple extensions, I wouldn't take their word for that either. So anyway, that's pretty much all James has to say in response. And um, Judge Purdy says that in this court, they require evidence of documents being difficult to retrieve. And Calvin has only provided arguments. So the court has to kind of balance what they're saying with what they've provided. And she wants to know how much time it'll take for the defendants to retrieve everything that was requested as they will be bound by an order if issued. Calvin says, so basically, you know, if if I say, like, you have a hard deadline of when these need to be provided by, that will be the hard deadline. How long do you think it will take you to do this? Because, that, like, this is kind of your last extension. And Calvin says that the defendants stated it would take at least 45 days and that the defendants cannot hire a third party to pull the requested data. And even though Calvin said they would need at least 45 days, the Honorable Judge Monica McCoy-Purdy said, you get until September 30th. So this, again, was happening on September 8th. She says, by September 30th, everything needs to be provided to the state of Texas. And basically, she says that there are a lot of things that need to get done in order to prepare for this trial on both sides. There still needs to be mediation. And so that's the deadline. Like, that's a responsible deadline to provide. So that way, everybody can do what they need to do to get ready to go to trial. So... In conclusion, Brittany Dunn's team has not been able to provide completed documents as requested by the state. The state has granted several extensions so far, and the defendants still are not complying. So the state says, hey, we need a judge to put a hard deadline in here, and the judge provided the deadline of September 30th. Now, as far as my Brittany Dawn rant goes, I understand that this battle is ha happening in a court of law. I get it. Innocent until proven guilty. You want to protect yourself. You want to protect your money. You want to protect uh, like just different things that the law may or may not restrict you from doing. And so Brittany's going to hire a lawyer. They're going to say that they didn't do anything wrong and that everybody got what they paid for. I understand that. Um, but if we take ourselves out of the legal setting and we just think about this in terms of what happened in the real world... If everybody got what they paid for, why would Brittany Dawn issue refunds? Why would she issue an apology? Why would she shut her business down? It doesn't make sense. And maybe part of the argument that they just didn't talk about in this appearance is that, well, everybody got what they paid for, but if somebody wasn't satisfied, we did give them a refund. Maybe that's going to be part of the argument. But even then, there are headlines from major news outlets stating that Brittany's asking people to sign NDAs and people are not getting full refunds. They are just getting partial refunds. Like there's, you can still find the articles. I will link some of them down below. Let me know what you thought of the summary. Um, let me know if you watched the actual video, what you think of these arguments, anything you want to say, any opinion you want to share, leave it in the comment section down below. And while you're doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel, that would be incredible. And if you're subscribed already, 
Thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.